When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For all hard rock, heavy metal bands needing worldwide exposure at affordable prices, online metal promo PR is taking bands from the underground to above ground. Visit their official website at onlinemetalpromo.net. Onlinemetalpromo.net. Welcome to Rat Salad Review. Oh, you're unfrozen now. Yeah, I switched uh, internet servers, so I'm good now. Oh, very good. And Manny, you're back. Did you get your drink? I got my drink. I got my drink. You're going to need a lot more than that talking these fucking albums. And James, I saw you <laughs> eating before. Are you all full now and ready to go? Uh, that wasn't eating. That was me trying to get my cat through the door because he was yelling at the door. Oh, nice. Nice. Very nice. Well, how is everybody doing? Doing good? Doing good. As well Great. as we can after listening to this fucking shit. Yeah, we'll get that in a minute. Uh, Lou, have you did, it, did you do anything cool this weekend? No. Anyway. No? Uh, <laughs> I didn't either. Oh, you mean did I go see Ghosts with you at the UBS Arena? Yes, yes unfortunately. Yeah, you motherfuckers. You guys missed Spirit Box? What we the missed fuck? Spirit Box and we caught the last song of Mastodon. Which was fun. Um, but Ghost was amazing. Well, I, I had a family event prior to oh. that I couldn't just leave, so um so we got there in time for the last song of mastodon house lights go on getting ready for ghosts and we're like jesus christ like 40 percent of this arena is empty <laughs> there's like nobody there i'm like uh what? just like, like all out in the it was like you know, arena 40 percent of the arena was empty seriously oh yeah i wow. mean there was there was apparently more people there than there were at the scorpions concert wednesday night supposedly but um you know there's definitely more people than were there at the Scorpions concert 20 years ago at Nassau Coliseum that I went to with White Stick and Dockin. But um, you is know, it, though, it, Ghost Ghost delivered. They delivered. You know, opening with Kaiserion and uh, going into Rats and you know playing a good chunk of songs. Um, of course, they played Conclave con Dio. There was a great uh, spoiler alert. There was a great um, resurrection of Papa Nell uh, doing saxophone. Um, and that was pretty cool and uh yeah i mean they played about two hours it was yeah yep so so, so you think it's just because the crowds that go to the Na- the nasa coliseum or the usbc or whatever you call that now ubs because, yeah whatever the the the, uh, the the other island arena is it just that they don't freaking fill that place out if it's not an islanders game 
what, what what's up with that arena that makes them not not fill that place up I, I personally think more people went to the live after death tribute show uh the iron maiden tribute show that was happening at 89 north because whenever they play every all the metalheads go there um li- all right listen I- i'm gonna get a lot of flack for saying this and i don't really care um i realize that this is a, a very one-sided uh argument that i'm gonna say because in the uh in the macro, nobody really gives a shit. But in the micro, um, I'm calling out all the fans of metal on Long Island. Um, all you people do, and yes, I refer to you as you people, support use. bands. Use. All you do is you support bands who are playing music that has been around since the 60s, 70s, and 80s. You, all you do is go see tribute bands and cover bands. You're living life like it's still 90. 19- 1989 at Lemoore's in Brooklyn. Get out of your bubbles. There are other great bands out there that are brand new that deserve your attention and your money and your fandom. Okay. I'm not knocking live after death. Nick Trotty is a great friend of mine and I'm very happy for he's the, the, he plays a Dave Murray role. Looks like Dave Murray too. But anyways, like he, you know, they do a great job of, of playing maiden, but it's like, but I'm just telling the fans on Long Island, step outside of the realm of cover and tribute bands. Go support original bands, especially if they're from your neighborhood. Because if you don't support them, if you don't give them a following, nobody will. Rant over. On that uh, word, Severed Angel Band, go hit subscribe, follow. Yeah, hit subscribe. That video was really good. Uh, actually, no, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be nice about this. I'm going to be nice. Lou, your your guitar solo was absolutely very well done. Everybody, everybody was great. I mean, even Wayne was playing well, even though he looked like he had fucking taken eight bottles of Robitussin prior to playing. I mean, I mean, I was coma trying to have, just, you know. well, coma patients have more life than you do. All right. You watch my other videos. Wait, I wasn't trying exactly. to do that. You look video. fucking bored. Not my other videos. Wait till you hear the album. Wait till you hear the album. You'll hear some sick drumming from Wayne. I'm, All I'm, right. I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready for it. But Wayne, man, you look I, bored. No, not bored. I just he it's... may look he may look bored in the video to you, but on the album, he there's there, it, it, there's nothing lifeless about it. Wayne, hands down, I got to put you over. One of the best drummers that I ever played with. So. Well, I could have told you uh, that. I think it's I think it's a good collection of bands. I think like the the singer, his voice worked very well with the song. You know, didn't try to overdo it. You know, obviously he sounded better than Tobias because well, Tobias is not the best singer in the world. He's more of an entertainer. Oh, um, yeah, yes, I agree, Manny. He's kind of shit at singing, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. I think I think it was I think it's a well-rounded group there, and I think you guys have something there with a the, with a really good cover and really good. Just, starting music video there the cover is only the beginning wait till you hear the original songs good yeah yeah the, the original stuff is. i i mean i'm gonna go on record and say that i i mean every time i've been a part of an original band and we recorded I am something, really looking forward to hearing your originals thank you it's never gotten to the point that we just completed with the recording of the severed angel debut i'm beyond proud of it i can't wait to share it with the world you know kudos my friend wayne good stuff yeah, and by the way, uh, James, I am rocking the great state of Tennessee today. Yes, wearing my our white great Knoxville, tea. our Knoxville boys, and uh, welcome Leo. What's up? 
Um, my take by the way, the by the way, one. this December they will be playing at the Mike and Mill in Knoxville doing their their annual tribute show uh, for charity for Young Williams Animal Shelter. So there's that. Very cool. And welcome Mark to the show in the group chat here. So everybody, if you're in the watching the show live, uh, please join the chat here. I'll try to get to you as soon as I can. But uh, my take on the ghost show, it was really good. Um, I did see them like when they were first coming out and like one of their first shows to New York. And um, it was a different band back then. Uh, I like the band now. It's cool, but it's not really a band anymore. It's kind of an act. It's all big shoe. But uh, they still put on a pretty good show. So I, I a big shoe, like, Ed Sullivan? Big shoe. A shoe. The big shoe. So it's a little different. So, you know, I was kind of bothered by the only person you really saw on stage was the guitar players and Tobias and uh, Papa. You know, you didn't see the drummer. There was a lot of smoke, a lot of other band members you couldn't see. So I would like to see more lighting on some of the members. Well, I mean, let's face facts. They're there for know, the backup. enhancement of the. Right. Yeah. They're, they're but the backup. You did see the bassist a lot. You know, I mean, he was bassist cool. and, and there was another guitar player like in the back corner. I didn't even like. I, I didn't yeah, notice. apparently that guitarist is a multi. He does he's a multi-instrumentalist so he doesn't just do guitar he does other things but yeah mm-hmm. ghost had three guitar players on stage yeah, this is crazy. but you only saw ether who had the black explorer looking guitar and dewdrop who's got the uh fender strat with the floyd <laughs> rose bridge yes yes piper niven yes <laughs> <laughs> i had no idea she was in ghost uh all right before we get on the show did you buy anything this week anybody I had no, an air show to do, so all I did was have to confiscate tobacco products and really mad uh, senior citizens cursing at me for taking <laughs> said products, even though there was big giant signs saying, don't bring that stuff in here. <laughs> to it, to it, and people bringing knives into a military base. I... Mm-hmm. you know not to bring weapons into a place like that correct uh, i would assume so yeah i don't bring knives with me in general so you know how many times i had to turn people around to put knives back in their cars trying to be polite about well, it well you are down south too so well i mean like they came and carried like a swiss army knife on them no we told them no knives whatsoever it was big giant signs had no knives no tobacco products what if they had a switch uh, blade comb doesn't matter. I'm freaking taking that shit. Oh, you, you keep it for uh, yourself. Got it. Okay. No, I'm confiscating <laughs> the shit out of that. I'm dunking the hell out of that. Uh, Some dude blew vape freaking cloud in my face. I grabbed his vape and dunked it right in his face. <laughs> Manny, Lou, uh, Leo says uh, he hopes to see you in Tampa at the Maiden gig. Are you going to Maiden? Manny. Yep, Manny's Manny's Manny. on delay. Manny, can you hear me? Manny? Manny, yep. did you hear us? Manny. No, he can't. Manny. He can't hear us. Manny. Manny can't. <laughs> Manny. Well, I will tell you this right now. I will be not going to the Iron Maiden concert. No, I, I keep freezing up. Oh, so you uh, You're better now. It looks like I you're... may have to leave the meeting. And... <clears throat> All right. Well, no, it's fucking up. I don't know. Well, before we go on, uh, are you still going to do that Dave Holland tribute album, Wayne, that you've been uh, <laughs> dying to do? Yes, I am. <laughs> Yes, and uh, if anybody needs any lessons, uh, just come over and we'll take care of that. No, uh, no, no, no! Don't don't do that invite. What? Don't do that invite. What? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's what got it. That's what got Dave Holland oh. in trouble in the first place. All right, then never mind. Uh, so Leo wants to know, Manny, if you're going to go see Maiden in Tampa. The answer is yes. All right, so Leo, you will see Manny in Tampa at the Maiden gig. Actually, Maiden's playing here too, uh, October. 
at the same place yeah, we saw ghosts. Same place we just saw ghosts. Yeah. I'm sure they'll pack oh, that. Oh, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with economics too, because a lot of shows that sell out over here haven't been selling out. Rod Stewart, Steve. Now he's frozen again. Uh, no, those have sold out. Tears for Fears, uh, and the Dave and, and the Dave Holland tribute show has definitely gone bust <laughs> over here. So, <laughs> anyway, am I freezing well, up? Yeah, you froze bit. up a little bit there. Go, go move to your other room. Hey, keep going. Yeah, go to your other room. Well, uh, somebody else actually brought up a good point. A musician actually uh, read it on. Well, let me leave and. Tr- All right. Yep. And they said that the reason why shows aren't selling out. Because everybody's coming around like a week apart from each other. So I'm like, oh, that, that could be a good reason. Could you be. know, I, I mean, you know, don't forget this. This ghost tour is a postponement of what was supposed to be two years ago. So mm. uh, Mark says but it, it was a great show. Mark says, um, uh, James, as an army veteran, as long as the weapon and ammo are in separate compartments, they can be taken on base as long as the MPs know. This was an air show with over fifty thousand people there, boss. All right, well, a little different, a little different situation than an active military base. And yes, I understand that that's true. However, I don't think they had enough uh, security forces because I'm Air Force. I will not use the peasants' term of military police. Uh, <laughs> we did not have enough there to be able to handle an armory properly. In that uh, all right, so. enough. Obviously, you would not be able to handle security at a Ripper Owens solo show, is what you're telling me. Um, probably would not want... Uh, well, actually, yeah, I might actually go see that, actually. Shock that, you know. But, no, I wouldn't be wanting security for that. No way. Well, actually, no, you might be good security there, because, like, I mean, everyone there is going to be old enough to, that, that if I tackled them, they'd break a hip. So, oh! a little bit more. Uh, Leo says, new ghost is their version of hysteria. Tell him he's wrong. I can kind of see that kind of see that actually yeah uh, i never thought of it that way but yeah, I, yeah. somebody just recently referred to ghost as the new kiss and i'm like i don't think that comparison is wrong or far I off no i can see look ghosts are definitely influenced by the 70s bands kiss floyd's are called uh i guess def leppard even though they're not 70s i don't know who else do you guys can think of yes. i mean i don't think they sound like any of those bands but no, they don't. Well, no, no. I'm. I. I mean, in terms of like theatrics, the, 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 the path they've taken. Like you know, Ghost started as like you know a, a small based band, and then have kind of like been blowing up into what they are now, which is a spectacle. I mean, I, I love the band. I love the new album, but it's spectacle. You know, it's and and that's okay because that's what Tobias wants. So you know, I think he's. At his dynasty period, I think he's soon going to release his music from the Elder album. Oh, wow. I hope so. Lou uh, says, I love that Lots period of, of the band, James. I love old Kiss. Me too. Me too. Uh, speaking of Kiss, but this has nothing to do with it. Uh, I got the new Megadeth album and the oh, new Ozzy album. I bought those too, but I, they're over there. Yeah, and uh, the new, uh, what's his name? Uh, Usagi Ujimbo from Ninja Usagi Ujimbo, that's cool. Yeah, 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 really cool. Very nice. Uh, that's all I got. A Ronin bunny. I got a few things, but awesome. the, only, the only thing I have out that I got in the mail today was uh, oh, that's so, a good know, one. I made Blaze Bailey's solo album, More Within one. Me. 
Yeah. I've never heard it. So heard good things about it. Had the right price, so I grabbed it. Anyway. So. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it is a good. It's. A, I've heard some of the songs. I I have it, but I haven't listened to the whole thing. But it is uh, very good. Whatever. So you're different than me. I can't file something away till I've listened to it at least once. It's just oh, one no. of those I, I works for me. Filed away for years. <laughs> you're, you're insane, man. You're insane. I know. I got over uh, carried away a little bit. What else you got? Uh, it's over there. But I got oh, I the same you thing you did. Ozzy Osbourne, Megadeth. Uh, I didn't get the new Kiss. Uh, there's a new Kiss live album, you know, sound. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the Soundboard series, soundboard. guys? It's the Soundboard series. Yeah, it's 1977. Music. Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be getting that too. Yeah, I have a bootleg of it, but I don't, I'd like to have an official. Anyway. Yep. All right. Judas Priest versus Iron Maiden. Let's begin. We will start with Judas Priest Demolition. Demolition is their 14th studio album. Uh, it is the second and final studio album to feature Tim Ripper Owens on vocals. Uh, filing the mixed to positive reviews to Jugulator, the band scrambled to assess what exactly went wrong and determined that fans preferred a sound more faithful to Priest's back catalog. The resulting album would be Jugulator-style riffs, references to 80s Priest, and new metal additions such as samples, downtuned guitars, rapping, and industrial-style beats. Man, that just makes me want to listen to that album. Uh, while the aim I guess, was I guess not a big Fear Factory fan, are we? <laughs> no, I ah, damn. Am. I am. I do love Fear Factory. But you don't want to hear Fear Factory Judas Priest. Uh, while the aim was to offer something very, uh, uh, something for every possible fan, in the end, the album received a much poorer reception than Jugulator by most fans. Owens has stated that Demolition was his favorite album that he, uh, that he did with the group, claiming it had better vocals and more melody than Jugulator, which I do agree with. Uh, and then on this album, many of the songs are written solely by Tipton, which contributions from Downing on several songs. Former producer Chris Sanderides, who co-wrote A Touch of Evil and Painkiller, also assisted in the writing of a few songs. And uh, Continuing, I'm going to try my phone. Okay, you're fine now. No, he's not. Uh, no, he's not. Uh, drummer, drummer Scott Travis co-wrote Cyberface. Uh, it's his only con- contribution to writing in the band's history. And, and he make- should stay like that. Really? Ouch. Uh, the only other drummer to contribute was Les Binks. Uh, this was the first album since Painkiller to feature a guest appearance by keyboardist Don Airy, who played on A Touch of Evil. And in an interview, uh, Tipton had this to say about Demolition. People will wonder if a new Priest album is as good as any of the 15 that came before it. Tipton acknowledged, I'm very confident that uh, this one, that I'm very confident they'll think this one is. It has some manic hooligan tracks like Machine Man and Bloodsuckers, as well as typical Ripper song in Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. So anyway, about the album, uh, I know Glenn is going through some health issues and everything, and I had no idea he suffered from hearing loss in, in the year 2000. Wow. That's news to me, too. Wow. That's a, that's a poor joke. That's a poor taste there. Lou didn't man. get it. Lou didn't get it. Never mind. I got it now. <laughs> <laughs> I understood that reference immediately. I, I, didn't, I knew you did. Uh, so finally, we make it to Demolition. The album that most fans hate in their entire discography up to this point. Uh, after listening to it for this show, I will say maybe I was wrong about there not being one song I liked on this album because there's actually a few. So I kind of agree with you, James. Maybe. I, we don't know about what you, you're going to say yet. 
uh, again, nothing on here reminds me of Judas Priest for the most part, which is funny because, you know, they were talking about they kind of wanted to go back to the 80s Priest sound. And I didn't hear none of that, really. Maybe one song. Um, might be some sounds here or there or whatever. But uh, for the most part, it's all kind of all over the place. One thing, though, the guitar solos are back. Nothing mind blowing, though. As far as the album goes, one minute I'm hearing something that could be like a white zombie song like Subterfuge, then a song that could be something like from Alice in Chains, like uh, Lost and Found. Uh, Cyberface could kind of be like the modern metal gods almost. And maybe I could take back that there's nothing on here that would remind me of early priest. Uh, Feed on Me does have a bit of a classic priest like feel to it, especially in the chorus. And then there's other songs like Hell is Home and Close to You that I actually like. Production wise, yes, I think it's very muffled and unfinished sounding, but maybe it isn't as bad as I remembered. There's definitely a lot more variety in this album than there was in Jugulator. Then everything works, but uh, not everything works well, but I could probably respect this album a little bit more now uh, for them trying to do more priest-like songs. Uh, did they do that? Not really, but they did bring back guitar solos and some melodic elements and each song sounded different. So maybe a lot of people really need to revisit this album, I think. This, um, I, I appreciate them trying to try to get back to like Judas Priest sounding stuff and trying to add some new elements in there and making different sounding songs because Jugulator was sounded all like every almost every song sounded the same, I think. You know, I can agree with that. You know, there, there was good songs. I, you know, I like the album, but uh, I think this one gave them a little bit more variety, maybe a little bit too much variety because uh, I'll, I'll look in the chat for what Greg had to say about this album later. But uh, I, I don't think that was a bad thing. So I, well, I, can't, I texted you guys in the group chat earlier this week saying, if this album was made by a band not named Judas Priest, I feel like it would have gotten a lot warmer reception. Yes, is the ending really clunky? Absolutely. I think... Lost and Found, Cyberface, and, and Metal Messiah and Subterfuge are all kind of they don't they don't flow very well. They're very clunky. I I'm not the biggest fan of Subterfuge, Lost and Found, and Cyberface. I think Metal Messiah. I felt like that was like a dope. Like I could hear like okay, I think Dope could do a better version of that song. <laughs> or I would hear I, I like Dope though. Yeah. Um, like one-on-one hell is home sounds like alice in chains like i was right. like I, like you're here i heard white i heard white zombie heard a little pantera with like i think it was uh in between or feet on me sounded a lot like 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 pantera during that vulgar display of power mm-hmm. uh, era i think it's not a bad album i actually enjoy this sound like how they detune the guitars and everything mm-hmm. i actually enjoyed the sound of the album way more than some of their other albums especially like uh, stained class and stuff like that. I'm just, it, I think it's, I like the sound better. I think it just, I, it feels, I, I guess, cause that's just how I grew up, yeah. but um, I actually didn't mind the album. I, I know it catches a lot of shit, but I, I, I don't blame Ripper Owens for singing the songs. I think he did a really good job. The songwriting is bad. It is very bad. <laughs> the lyrics suck. I will admit that. Um, not as bad as another album we're going to talk about later on, but <laughs> um, it's not. I mean, yeah, it's 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 very it's kind of clunky. Um, I think I think once you get past "Feed on Me," it gets really clunky really fast. It starts it starts losing its steam. Oh yeah. Until you get until you get to Metal Messiah, um, then I think it speeds back up. But um, it, it 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 has a it has some flaws. 
I don't think I don't think they're as deadly as some other albums they've done, but it's not the it's not their best work. No, definitely not. And there's an there'll be another album soon that a lot of people hate as well. But I don't I don't want to talk about that one yet. And the thing about priests uh production, to me they've always had like wonky production. I mean, it's always been kind of like, yeah, some albums are cool and some albums sound like demos and some, you know, they always have something going on with their production. It's always weird. No. Yeah, normally i'd let manny go first but uh since manny is uh, trying to get his uh i'm in he's trying to get some he's trying to get his shit together he's trying to get some <laughs> phone calls from people because his numbers on the screen all right so <laughs> i'll right. go ahead so um uh, james um to uh, yeah, not to counter call that phone no, not, <laughs> to count uh to counter the point that you were uh made before that if it was any other band other than priest that released demolition that you know, they would think it was a good album. Um, that being said, let's talk about the new metal albums brand new that came out in 2001. Yeah, Seven Dust Animosity. This was, this was in 1998, though. No, this is ni- uh, 2001 oh, this Demolition. I thought this was 98. No, uh, Virtual 11 was 98. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, um, go ahead. I apologize. So, so you had Seven Dust Animosity. You okay. had, even though they start they were a hardcore band but this was album was uh kind of dwelling into new metal territory uh, you had vision of disorders from bliss's devastation you had um stains break the cycle um those are three you had fear factories digimortal those are and you had slipknot's iowa so those are how many albums is that that i just listed four, Slip, four. okay those are four albums that were considered under the new metal umbrella that I could say were a better representation of what the genre had to offer than this album. So whether it was Judas Priest or somebody else, I don't think this would have been a good album. That being said, I prefer Demolition to Ram It Down. I actually think it's a better album than Ram It Down. Ram It Down had one song that I liked. This album actually had three. And I'll tell you what they were. They were um, one-on-one, albeit it's total dunderheadedness, but I did like that song. Um, Hell is Home and Bloodsuckers. So I will admit that those three songs, Ace, Priest, loved it. Um, Oh, wow. Okay, so sorry. Sorry, trying to go with your original point there with 2001. You also had Flaw Through the Eyes come out. You that was tox- a good one. You had toxicity come out from System of a Down. Mm-hmm. You had Sinner from Drowning Pool. That was a good one. And and you had Revolution from El Nino. That one was okay. Um, I like I like I like El Nino. So and no, also- and no, I, I, El Nino, I'll, I'll give them respect. You know, they're, they're definitely good. Um, and you and you had and you had Life from Dope. Not a dope fan. Um, and and by the way, also you had Slayer's last perfect album, in my opinion, that came out that year, which was God Hates Us All. And <laughs> and 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 then you also had uh oh man, I, I did Halford's album did the Halford solo album come out the same time too, the same year? That came out whose solo album? Halford Tipton? Halford. Halford came out in two thousand. So yeah, Resurrection came out in 2000. Um, but anyway, uh, to the point that I was making, uh, I don't fault Ripper Owens for this album being the way it is. 
I again, if anything, he's the shining points, him and Scott Travis on drums, mm. you know, and uh, I'll have to give credit to Ian Hill as well, because they are a good, a really good rhythm. That, section. That's funny you mentioned that, because I did notice there's a lot more uh, bass stuff on this album, a lot more because Ian Hill's always buried in the background and doesn't really do that much. But I heard a lot of uh, different things going on in the bass. Mm hmm. So the, to me, the problem with this album, instead of growing on what they started with Painkiller and Continue with Jugulator, I just feel like they released an album that was totally uninspired. It was just Glenn Tipton trying to like shit out whatever he could. And I know Priest has followed trends in the past, Turbo being a perfect example. And it was, Turbo was successful in my opinion. Subterfuge sounds like the things I don't like about new metal the only thing that would make it worse would be tim owens rapping oh wow he does <laughs> that do that bad. on metal messiah that was pretty bad yeah it wasn't great and, it and, wasn't great and and to quote a great uh british uh character edmund blackadder utter crap <laughs> but all in all definitely not a step up from jugulator but a step up from ram it down in my opinion very interesting. Uh, do you think they were trying to compete with Fight? If they were, they failed because Fight is a completely different beast than this album is. It is. And I prefer War of Words to this. So do I. Um, I would compare this to the two Voyeurs records, so I would help. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, Lou, you really didn't. Yeah, I mean, I understand. I understand it, and you know, you make a lot of sense. I was actually reading a lot more. There's a whole other. Two thousand one actually had some really good releases, so it I did. understand. I understand what you're saying. I just think that it would. I mean, I don't think it was a terror. I don't think it was the worst Judas Priest album ever. I mean, I didn't. Then, I thought Ram It Down was worse. Yeah. so far. <laughs> so I mean, but I mean, I just I know there's a lot of people who just who universally shit this one, and I don't think it. I think some of the people. Some of the performances, like Ripper Owens is, you know, singing, shouldn't get shit on for this. Ripper is a good singer. He's a good singer, and uh, this uh, album has nothing to do with him. Honestly, you know, it's not his fault. He didn't uh, play the guitars. He, he's singing. He's singing the lyrics that were given to him, and too well, bad his, those. That's his those job. Are shit. Too bad those are shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, there's a difference between you know being hired to to, to replace a singer like Dickinson did for Diano. There's a difference where you're hired to do a job and you do the job and you have no input. So, you know. We did the J-O-B. Oh, yes. Jabroni. Uh, uh, Mark Burchett says, only Priest album he didn't like were the Ripper Owens years. And his first Priest concert was Hell Bent for Leather. They opened for Kiss. So uh, out, of, out of one out of two albums, I mean, you're saying that Ripper Jones, it freaking, it's two albums, all right? So just say, know. this one's your least favorite Ripper Owens album. It <laughs> seems like thing. Seems like Ripper has this trend where after every second album he gets kicked out. It happened with Ice Earth. It happened with Ingvay Mom's team. That is true. Uh, he does say he's great in KK's Priest. So, so he does like Ripper. He just doesn't like the Priest albums. Manny, are we doing okay now? I don't know. Let's find out. Seems like so, you're doing great right all now. All right, let her go let ahead. Her rip. Right, no I, I think is is a real shitty album. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, I, I don't like it at all. But first of all, you know, I, I've heard Judas Priest get accused of following trends, but they have really followed trends on this one. What was that description you read there about um, 
wanting to sound traditional? Yeah, yes, yes, because <laughs> when I listen to Judas Priest, I've always wanted to hear what Judas Priest would sound like ma pretending they're Fear Factory. Well, it turns out they're pretty bad at it. Um, <laughs> the lyrics are terrible. Musically, these guys are not writing from the heart. They're writing for their wallet, which is fine, but not in this case. It's just terrible. And we lost him again. And we lost him. See, bad, bad take, bad take. Uh, the internet's helping him from his bad take. <laughs> it's probably Tim Ripper Rowan's on the other side cutting his cable. I, I think Jane and Andrews. The artwork uh, is just oh, bad. Oh, he's back. Oh, you're back. What were you saying before the artwork thing? See, there he goes. See, the artwork. Why, you know, he's saying bad. He's he's saying bad things. His internet's punishing him yeah, for got, a bad take. Tim Ripper Rowan's uh, is outside your house right now, playing with your uh, cable. He probably is. That's son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> But basically, I, I don't like the album. I, I think it's terrible. So, Manny, wow. what do you think about the album? Sucks. <laughs> How do you really Horrible. feel? Horrible. Shit. Uh, Crap. Do you think this sounds traditional like the way old outhouses do? <laughs> uh, I, think, I, think only, I think the only thing this goes back to is is a is a uh, used Portageon getting sucked, getting blown back in. <laughs> oh, by the way, James, another good album I, I, came out in 2001. <laughs> Rammstein's mother. Uh, I'm trying to be objective. There, I will. Agree, I will. I will agree with you. I'm looking at the yeah, list. Trying to be objective. No, All it right. sucks. <laughs> uh, Leo, says valid, K- sir. Leo says KK's Priest is a good album, uh, much better than the than the Priest albums with Ripper. KK's Priest is a good album. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it also features shitty lyrics. Yes, it does. No, we can't do nothing about that, can we? <laughs> and we also can't do anything with Manny's connection. I feel nope, nope, we can't. so bad. Is there like a is is there a thunderstorm happening in my in, in Miami right now? It's, it's it, oh another album that came out in two thousand one that I really like. Double X. Oh, yes, I, I do like the hat, and he is in the chat. Gingolo, he is from the band Ashes Rain right here, and I got a hat and, from him. And Morning View from Incubus came out the same year too. No, he's so. not in that band, but he's in Ashes Rain. And go to Ashes Rain. You don't like. Man. Uh, Go buy the Ashes Rain CD. Very good album. Uh, all right. Want to move on to Maiden? Science is my Incubus album. Uh, Science is a better Incubus album. You are correct. Let's get on to this fucking shit show. Iron Maiden. Wait, wait, should we re- we, shouldn't we read uh, Greg's uh, review? Oh, yes. Uh, all right. Just uh, chatter amongst yourselves so I can find it. It's going to come on. Chatter, 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 chatter. Rhubarb, rhubarb. You know, obviously the man who who gave this idea doesn't show up. So, I mean, I'm expecting Manny to not be at any of the Alice Cooper things. (laughs) 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 So, you know. <laughs> that makes the idea. We have like fucking forty fucking albums here. He's been here for like three shows. Uh, not trying to hit on him. I know he's busy. I know he has some shit he's dealing with. But my god! <laughs> All right, I got his thing. Uh, Demolition zero out of ten. Priest's worst LP. Songwriting is weak and awful. Almost every tune is in a different style than the others, and no real symmetry to the LP. So. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't use demo for a coaster. Every note on that album is trash. Uh, and James, he tells you you're nuts. Uh, he means virtual uh, is Maiden's second worst, no doubt, but not as bad as demolition for him. And he says you guys need hearing aids if you think that shit 
Iron Maiden that, album. That's me. That's that, 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 me. That's me. That's me. Uh, and J Greg says, I actually had to sit through that torture. So I, so I just want to make sure everyone knows my ranting and it gets properly trashed. Oh, my rating. Sorry. Uh, Virtual 11 is bad. Demolition is a crime against humanity. Uh, just keep going because I mean, I got another. I, my next line is if you're gold, virtual 11 is a uh, fucking abortion. So let's get to virtual 11. Let's get to virtual 11. <laughs> we know how Greg feels about it, uh, about demolitions. Virtual 11 is the 11th studio album by Iron Maiden. It is the band's second and final album with Blaze Bailey on vocals. It also marks the first album to utilize a slightly modified logo with the letters R, M, and N, the same size as the other letters, as opposed to them being extended. I got some things going on in the chats here. All right, good. Keep talking in the chats. Virtual 11's uh, titled is tied in with two extra musical events, the release of the band's computer game, Ed Hunter, and the fact that uh, the 1998 FIFA World Cup would be taking place in June of that year. Uh, Harris explains, we figured our fans are pretty much uh, the same as we are, with pretty much the same interests. So we thought it's a World Cup year 98. Let's go. Let's get the football involved in the new album. And we were already working on a computer game at that time. So we thought, well, let's bring that element into things too. Prior to the album's release, the band organized a publicity tour in which they held football matches across Europe with guests, musicians, and, foot and pro footballers from the UK. Now, I'm not going to call it football here. That's fucking soccer. It Make a soccer. better album and I'll call it football. It is soccer. And in, in the uh, album booklet, they took a picture with a bunch of soccer players. No idea who they are. Uh, so my thoughts on the album, I like it. Not as much as X Factor, but I think the band started to get a little more comfortable with each other on this. by this point. Uh, you can hear it in Blaze's voice. There's a little bit more oomph, except uh, really for when he has to repeatedly say, don't you think I'm a savior over and over and over and over again in Angel and the Gambler? 22 I... times. <laughs> you counted? Did you count that? You counted? <laughs> you sick fuck. You sick yes. fuck. You sick fuck. You sick uh, fuck. I, I just Hold on, let me break a fluorescent light tube over my head and eat the shards. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get why somebody didn't say, okay, enough. Why is this going on for this long? I really like this song, but uh, it's just way too long. No reason at all. It should have been chopped down. No one tells Steve Harris what to do. Come on. <laughs> Obviously, someone needs to. He fucking was terrible at this. <sighs> uh, but that's also the problem with a lot of these songs. They're mostly very long, which is why there's only eight songs on the album. But like I said, I do like most of it. Uh, Future Real is great, uh, being pretty fast-paced, kind of similar to Man on the Edge. The Klansman, another great song, which they actually play live now from time to time. I also like when it, when two worlds collide. I like how the song builds up, and also the chorus is catchy. Don't Look Into the Eyes of a Stranger, pretty decent as well, uh, as Como Estas Amigos, which, again, another catchy chorus and some catchy guitar melodies. The rest of the songs aren't terrible, but some of them really suffer from just being too long for no reason. The album is more upbeat than X Factor, but unfortunately, the songs just don't deliver as well. But I do enjoy the album for what it is. Um, Leo says, uh, Virtual 11, Klansman turned out to be a great song with Bruce and Adrian. I don't really hear any difference. Uh, also, Angel and the Gambler, worst maiden song. I, I don't think it's the, well. Yes, yeah. it's been the worst maiden song to this time. You can't get away with saying that yes. 22 fucking times in a row. If he did not fucking get in crowd for it, that was shit. It it makes invaders and duelists sound like hallowed be thy name. But if he didn't repeat th those spots over and over again, it would be better, right? No. It's only bad because no, know. it's still a fucking shit song. <laughs> I like the song. Um, you, that that okay, annoying you cool keyboard thing. 
Oh, yeah. That, 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 that drives me ape shit. It's like it's a harmonica, isn't it? No, it's a keyboard. Harmonicas and Iron Maiden album. What's wrong with you, Wayne? I, I don't know. Yeah, just fuck. God you know, bless. They had no. Not, they didn't know what to do at that point. Uh, and also in the beginning of that song, I think it's like one of the lines. It sounds like it says, uh, "I love your hand jobs." <laughs> I don't know if anybody ever noticed that. Yeah. That's what it sounds like he says. Uh, Good thing and, I uh, listened to it objectively. <laughs> Andrew Peters, uh, he agreed. The Klansman is the best song on the album, live with Bruce. On, well, see. Yeah. It is a good song. Uh, Leo, Two Worlds Collide is a fantastic sing- a song. I uh, wish they would do it at the main show now. And there you go. Uh, Lou, go ahead. Actually, you know what? Screw you. Go, Manny, before your connection goes bad again. Yes, Manny. <laughs> Manny, do this before before I fucking slice it up. Go. Yes, yeah. you, Manny. Manny. Yes, Manny. That Manny. Uh, Manny. I keep freezing up here. Oh. So We should put it on a jacket. Get a heater. <laughs> yeah, I should live in a different state or a different house. Um, or pay your cable bill. No, oh. that. <laughs> What's wrong with you guys? Jeez. I can't even afford a sleeves for my shirts. I know. You cable. gave me your review already. <laughs> you start the review, goddammit. All right, God. Is that how you it. make your other shirts? All your other shirts are made from sleeves. <laughs> yes, they are, actually. What do you do with the sleeves? Uh, Don't worry like about it. said, we're making another <laughs> shirt. Okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, Iron May, next factor. I actually like the album. I don't love the next album. Factor, Virtual Eleven. <laughs> wrong. That wrong album show. sucks. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm I agree, Benny. <laughs> no, I actually like Virtual Ten or whatever the hell it's supposed to be called. Uh, Eleven. I do agree with James though. The songs are way, way, way too long. Angel and the Gambler is a perfect example of that. There is no reason for that song to be nine minutes long. That's ridiculous. Um, Yes, there is. He has to repeat that line over and over again. Otherwise, he'd have to shorten the song. Yeah, I I don't know, like five minutes. You know, there's an actual promo video where the song is four minutes and something, and it works. It works. Of course it does. No shit, he took out fucking 22 lines of dialogue. It's the same dialogue, James. Do you think I'm your savior, whatever? You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. Clansman is the best song on here, but to be honest, I didn't notice how great of a song it was until I heard the live version, truthfully. Mm. It just kind of passed me. Um, I like the production on the album better, but I don't think the songs are as good as the previous album. Again, Blaze sounds like he's getting comfortable on the roll finally, which is ironic because he's about to get the boot. Um, Overall, good album, not a great album. and probably the second worst Iron Maiden album in the, in the discography. That being said, I like it. It's a strong discography, in my opinion. I'm a bigger Judas Priest fan, but Demolition is just... Anyway, Lou, <laughs> take it away. Go ahead, Lou. All right, I'll, I'll, give, uh, I'll let James uh, save the best for last. So James goes last, because uh, I can't wait to hear what he has to say about it. So I will say, though, that the 2015 remaster of this album was a definite improvement over the uh, 1998 recording. So, so an element, I, that's what I listened to. So I don't know how shitty it was prior. It was. <laughs> the uh, songs are still the I same. Mean, I, I mean, unfortunately, the, the songs are still the same. But the, the, the way that this remaster was done was definitely an improvement. But the guitars still sound like they were 
plug through a 30 watt solid state amp. I mean, again, I still have a problem with the way the guitars sound. It's just weak and Maiden's not about weak guitars. You know I mean? They just, you know, they're about repetitive riffs. Thankfully, Adrian (laughs) comes back in the next album. Um, Future Real, a great opening track. And to me, solid, whether it's sung by Blaze or Bruce. Angel and the Gambler. Hmm. No, 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 no. No, 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 and no. And that's for each time that line is sung. How many times again, Lou? 22. You sick fuck. Any lyrics? I mean, what happened? Yes, obviously. You had lyrics nine albums ago. I mean, that's just lazy. That's just lazy songwriting. I, and you could call it progressive all you want. Some progressive is shit. It really is. This being a prime that example. Not progressive. Progressive, <laughs> I can give you the Klansman, Future Real, even the last track on the album. But Angel and the Gambler, I like the song. Well, until we get to the after the five minute mark, then I'm, I'm right. checked out. Right. You know, uh, Andrew uh, Peter says uh, Future Real sounds like Ewoks playing guitars. You know, it's funny though because the the. the <laughs> to me, the the verse riff of Future Real actually sounds like what will become the opening song on the next album, which at the same time is still a rip off of Running Wild from Judas Priest. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, Lightning Strikes Twice, my favorite song on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Klansman, another great track, whether sung by Bruce or Blaze and uh, by Bruce or by Bruce or Blaze. And having been able to see, say that I saw Maiden play this live, you can't help but get into it. Um, when Two Worlds Collide, to me, this is the album Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. I actually think this is a solid track. Um, Educated Fool and Don't Look to the Eyes of a Stranger really don't do anything for me. To me, they're just shooting blanks. Um, Como esta amigo? Uh, this reminds me a little bit of walk the stage by uh michael shanker group um and i have to admit it's a better album closer than what we were given on no prayer and x factor so it's another good track in my opinion um overall i think the album is a step up from um from x factor um i like six out of the eight tracks on this record so that means i like 75 percent of the record X Factor, I only like six out of 11 songs. That was 55%. So to me, it's a definite improvement. Wayne, I agree with you. Blaze's voice actually sounds more fitting. Um, surprisingly, they didn't have to lower their tuning because they actually were able to tap into Blaze's range and still sound good in standard tuning. Um, you know, and definitely a lot less pitchy. Um so yeah, I mean, X Factor, with the exception of some of the songs that I mentioned, um, yeah, it's a definite improvement, and that's really the nicest compliment I could give it. Very interesting. All right, James, go ahead. Uh, all right, here. unless you want, uh, me to read, you want me to read Greg for this. You want me to read Greg first? Yeah, uh, yeah, read Greg. Yeah, because this is gonna get this is gonna get rough real fast. 
see if I lost it. Here somewhere. Virtual 11, more upbeat than X Factor, but songwriting is lifeless and boring for the most part. Overall, not necessarily terrible, but pretty unmemorable for Iron Maiden and lacking in energy. Rating 4 out of 10. Best tunes, future real, Klansman, when two worlds collide. All right, go ahead, James. All right, so I'm going to preface this with when I was listening to the Klansman, I, I wrote a line saying, look, we all like Braveheart. Please, for the love of God, be the subject matter. There is another book called The Klansman, and they talked a lot about freedom, but we should not be referring to that book ever. And I do mean ever. So I was very happy to research that that was about Braveheart. For the love of God, I was so happy about that. Are you afraid that it was about a certain white hooded type person? Uh, organization, yes. Uh, also, was a was a was a uh, subject of a full length motion picture in the nineteen tens. Yeah, um, yeah, yes, birth of a nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny because May, Bruce actually does give a disclaimer before the song. This has nothing to do with men in white hoods. So yeah. I was hopeful. I was hoping for that because, like, as soon as I listened to it, I was like, "Please, for the love of God, please let this be about the plan." Anyway, all right. So, <laughs> all right. Now that we're out of that, okay. Uh, Future real, classic sound of theirs. One of their better songs, I thought. I actually liked the song. So, I did like one song from this album. Ooh. The angel and the gambler. Song sucks. Lyrics started okay, but the fuck, it goes downhill fast. <laughs> Lightning strikes twice. All I can think of. Tenacious D would make a better song of this. Mm. Just the way it sounded. Klansman, look, we all love Braveheart. Please, be, please, for the love of God, be the subject matter. The lyrics are really bad. And, it's, and, it, and the epidemic of repeating one word and phrase needs to stop. Unfortunately, it keeps going. Two worlds collide. Nurse, please add slow opening to the, uh, to the diagnosis of a bad Iron Maiden song. Also, do they know that the title does not need to be in the chorus, right? Educator's fool. It's fucking drivel. Don't look at the eyes of a stranger. Shit. Make the entire song the title. Just fucking do the whole <laughs> damn title. The song. And uh, como estas, amigos? Thank God it's over for another week. Eh, eh, this fucking album. No more tears, James. No more tears. Yeah, I pounded it as I break my fucking camera. Launch this fucking album in the sun bury it with the Ark of the Covenant and never let it see the light of day again. This album fucking sucks. God bless it. I just can't believe they played Angel and the Gambler on that tour. You know, why? I, he there is no be, way they played thought, that for no, 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 no. They did. Owens thought, or no, sorry, the, uh, the, 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 main, the main guy, the guy who runs all the, does all the things, I, I don't know the names of the albums, I really don't give a shit. I remember. Eddie? Yeah, Eddie. Freaking, he thought that was supposed to be the lead tune, the, the opening tune for uh, on a music video instead of Future Real. He did, yeah. Was that the first single? Yeah, yeah he wanted the first single to be The Angel and the Gambler, not Future Real. Well, I know it was a single, but was that the first single, Lou? Do you know? It was, he wanted it to be, it turned out to be the second. Wait a minute, who, who, who wanted Angel and the Gambler to be the first? The uh, whoever does, Steve all the yeah, Steve, Steve Harris. Harris. Yeah. Wow. Okay, then he was definitely missing the plot at that point. Um, it's possible that he did. Um, I think he was really confident that it was it, it, it was basically his homage to The Who, but there's a reason why The Who sounded the way they did, and that's because Pete Townsend is a fucking genius, 
And when you have a, a bassist like John Entwistle and a drummer like Keith Moon and a singer like Roger Daltrey, you can make any shitty song sound amazing. Well, Don't try to do what they did. No way. You can't do it. It was fucking terrible. Once again, we repeat. They repeat. I mean, I mean, I understand this is Iron Maiden. They're going to repeat the same riff over and over. I get that. I'm, I'm, uh, I've come to grips with this reality. That That's what I'm going to deal with every time I crack open these albums. Okay. And I am, these are not, I am not listening to these songs ever. I've already told you which songs I've listened to. I'm not listening to these songs. It is, but when you start repeating lyrics now, yeah, you, it, it is a fucking problem here. And nobody, and nobody should say, at least you, you can, you can shit on demolition all you want. At least they're trying something different. This I is just, give you that, James. this is I'll just shit. I do mean this. I'm trying to be nice. I like, like I said, I'm trying to be objective. I thought Future Rules is a good song. I think they should keep playing that. Absolutely. Klansman, it's a good song, but yelling freedom as your main chorus is, I mean, once again, we're getting the repeated chorus again. But again, in a live context, Klansman works perfect. Okay. Yeah, I, I, would, yeah but I get that, but <laughs> I like the studio version. Um, live, they kill it. But that's a whole different environment, Lou. Yeah, that's a live album. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a completely yeah. different thing. You're getting with the crowd and everything. I, I get that. You can, you can make any good song, or you can make any bad song be great live. Well, but what, what I found interesting about your review, James, not so much our main, I knew you were going to tear it apart, was Judas Priest. Um, because again, you're looking at it from a different angle than I am. I'm looking at it as a person who's been a fan since I was 12 years old. You're yeah. coming into Judas Priest brand new. You don't Why? have a buyer history, you know. Yes. So for them to do stuff that, let's face it, was influenced by Fear Factory, all the new metal stuff. There's no way around that. They didn't invent that style. No, no, of course not. But but that you that you were able to listen to it with fresh ears and enjoy it, where I listen to it and I think it's terrible. And I do wonder if it's because I have a prejudice to what I think Judas Priest should be. I mean, Judas Priest have always changed their sound. You've got to give them that. They definitely aren't ACDC or an Iron Maiden. They change their sound all the time and their style. But this album I thought was a little jarring. Lyrically, you know, I know they're not Shakespeare, but they were pretty bad. But again, I'm not putting that on Rip Rowans. Nobody's going to listen to a Judas Priest album to, you know, hear... Uh, poetry anyway but i mean i mean outside of a few rob halford songs yeah yeah well rob halford's good lyricist but anyway go ahead Lou. timeline is everything that's really what it comes down to yeah pretty yeah. much yeah. that's, and, and that's also, the only thing is, it really comes and down this to. is and this is 98 if this was their you know, like young period this is their 11th fucking album and you produce this out of everything you've talked up all this good game about how you you know you're going you know, you're doing this doing that and you come out with this shit you know i know i, I know i want to say like you know there's, there's a saying you know put put it back in the oven and it ain't done yet leave it in the oven leave that thing in the oven and let it die i mean honestly this album i i have that strong a feeling with it you could have moved future real and a couple of other songs to another album and it'd probably make those albums even better and stronger this album sucks. Have you like wow. made an album yet? Yeah. Was that? Yeah. Like to come. Yeah. Like to come. I actually, I actually put a couple of them over, over okay. uh, Judas Priest. I, I, I knew you did. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna completely shit on it just because it's Iron Maiden. I'm just gonna, I'm shitting on it because it's a bad album. Wayne it's, and Lou, do you think it would have benefited if they had hired a producer? I think Maiden would it would always benefit them if they hired a producer on the caliber of Martin Birch who could help them edit what they were doing. Certain songs that were up to the 10 minute mark or past the 10 minute mark during the era where Martin Birch produced in that 10 years, it worked to me. It's like, and I don't agree with the statement more is more, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 lo- I love the guitarist who um, coined that phrase, but I don't agree with him. <laughs> Mr. Ingbe. <laughs> yes. I, I, I believe you can say less with more. It doesn't need to be stretched out to 22 repeats of a chorus and a song. Um, because by then it's like, you didn't grow impact. You, you, you've you've relegated it to flaccidness. <laughs> I mean, it's really what it is. For example, the first song that I contributed for the Severed Angel record, Dogs of War, that was longer than what you're going to hear on the record. Wayne recommended, why don't you take this part out and it'll be a stronger song. Now, I admit, I was a bit hesitant at first, but then when he showed me the edit of my original demo... And I heard it, I said, you know what? That does work better. Being able to self-edit and being self-aware to the fact that it doesn't need to be long drawn and stretched out is a good thing. And 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 I'll leave it at you, that because do, we're do, gonna get do to you a, believe well, because hold believe on, I was Steve I was gonna Harris? say because we're we're gonna get to a point, because we're gonna get to a point with future maiden records where you just want the fucking song to end. It's going to happen. It really will. I'm yeah, sorry, James, James that's your question. Do you think that that uh, Iron Maiden would have benefited if someone other than Steve Harris had complete control? <clears throat> no. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's kind of hard to fathom the idea that Dave Murray's been in the band as long as Steve Harris has. Well, maybe not. He did get the the sack back in the 70s because of their former lead singer, Dennis Wilcock. But then when Dennis quit, Steve got Dave back. Now, you figured that when a band signs a contract, that the original members that are still with the band to the present day, um, they're not paid a salary. They're partners. So I don't know how Maiden has it broken up, but I would think if anything, Dave Murray being a senior member of Maiden along with Harris, shouldn't he get a say? I mean, he's been in the band as long as he has recording wise. You know, I I would like to think he has a say, but I don't think he does. But that being said, I have to give credit to Steve. His vision, his drive kept the band alive. Yeah. You know, and, and if he wasn't a smart businessman and a smart person when it came to marketing, I mean, hell, a lot of fans buy Maiden t-shirts just because of the design of the shirt without even hearing the band's records. Ask the Kardashians. <laughs> no, no, I kind of hate No, I have I hate the Kardashians too, but I have <laughs> to give Steve credit. It, it is his brainchild. 
I, I get that, but there's also a level of emotional maturity where you could take criticism and be able to work through it. And or you could be at the stage at your point where you don't care, which is where he's at right now. I understand that, I but, what, but was he at this point when it came to this album? Oh, this, they were struggling. I mean, th- that's why when Bruce came back into the band, they sold their publishing for like $20 million and they all got rich. So like, even if they never played, they still got paid. So now if they go on, on tour, it's just another bigger payday for them. So they're really at the point where they don't have to care. They're yeah, but- releasing albums for their own purposes. No other yeah. reason. But when when a leader sometimes gives up their power, Tony Iommi, he held he held artistic vice grip to that band from the beginning. That's not saying he didn't collaborate. He collaborated with Dio equally. He collaborated with Geezer Butler. But when it came to the album 13 and Iommi was struggling with cancer, he did something he had never done in his career. He gave up a lot of creative control to Ozzy and Rick Rubin because he was struggling. And in my opinion, the album suffered because of it. Because, because you know, I'm not, because Tony Omin is Black Sabbath. In some ways, Steve Harris is Iron Maiden. It's not saying the other members don't don't equate or don't equal but or, or contribute. But I think I, I, I think that's a perfect example of, in my opinion, an album that suffered because the leader of the band who reality probably shouldn't have been recording. He should have been taking care of his cancer, you know, at that time. Gave up gave up quite a bit of control. I think that's why the album is such a mixed feeling. On this but, uh, one, but I'm not I, talking I, about giving up control. I'm talking about being able to take criticism and being able to use it in a constructive way. Yeah, I get that. But I guess Steve Harris feels that I've taken the band this far for this many decades, at this point, two decades. And he might not be inclined to listen to anybody because he might say, well, me not listening to somebody is what got us to this point to begin with. You know, I'm not saying I disagree with you, James. No. Um, also, at this, I think this is the point where, and Lou and Wayne and James, you can speak on this. He's always been influenced by progressive rock. Talk about Genesis, King uh, Crimson, Gen- Jethro Tull. I'm not sure if he's influenced by Yes or not. But these bands wrote these long compositions. And I think he was starting to experiment with these long compositions. He just didn't quite get the hang of it. Which in the next three albums, we were going to debate whether he did or not. I don't know. What do you guys think? Is that part of why these songs are so long? Yes. Oh, you yeah, nailed it on the head. He admitted it. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Harris admitted it. And yeah. again, pertaining to the whole, you know, uh, Steve control of the band, constructive criticism. He he doesn't have to take it because he knows he knows that no matter what maiden fans of old are still going to come to hear the old songs and they'll sit through the new songs to hear the old songs but that's not showing emotional intelligence that's just being tyrannical well does he really have to does he have to show emotional intelligence yeah i i I believe that i believe that it would it would be a positive thing for the band and actually it would progress them which is what the point of progressive rock is i'm not going to disagree with that but i i again and, and i'm not 
defending his choices. I'm just saying an obvious fact. He doesn't have to give a shit at this point. I understand he doesn't have to, but uh, th- that's the that's should the he maybe just, maybe yes. should he? Yes, I I I, I would like to. I, think I would does. agree with Why you if he? I if I was in his position, <clears throat> which I'm not, but if I was, I would show more cognizance towards songwriting and not be over bloated with with parts that don't need to be in there well i also think that without bruce dickinson there another alpha male another leader he kind of got to go his own way i can't imagine bruce dickinson saying i'm going to sing angel and the gambler Uh, do you want to save your 22 times that's my opinion um i think bruce dickinson kind of brings him down to earth because he's not a yes man i'm not saying dave murray's a yes man by the way i'm far from it but i agree Uh, with your statement because that's why bruce quit the first time yeah and yeah and and there's there's difference between you know like and and i really hate using the word alpha and beta and all that stuff yeah but there is but there but there is there is the the follower mentality and there's the leader mentality and some people work better being in following mentalities and some people be better in leading mentalities. Well, I brought people- up Tony Omin earlier and Tony Omin is definitely a leader, but he doesn't stand around and say, I'm a leader. Um, There's well, a reason for that. that. Yeah, real leaders don't have to do that. There's a reason for you that. And her I- name is Sharon Osborne. Listen, the only reason why that went to court was because Sharon demanded that Ozzy get 50% of the name uh, from Tony Iommi because to her she paid a shit ton of lawyers to convince the judge and the jury that yes Iommi kept the name going in the 80s but that was when they were at a downfall in their career it wasn't until Ozzy was in the band and when he returned to the band that Sabbath became important so by that logic alone the name should be split 50-50 yeah. Iommi Osborne which I think is a crock of bullshit see that, that that's some that it just goes bad. to show the fucking justice system doesn't work because they didn't recognize Ronnie James Dio. Hey, Greg. Well, hey, hey, Greg. Greg. Well, not only that, what people forget is during the Tony Martin era, yeah, in the United States, those that band couldn't get arrested. But internationally, Black Sabbath with Tony Martin did very well. And people forget that. Because as soon as Dio and Ozzy came back, it wasn't Sharon didn't do this. I only buried that the history of with Tony Martin for a lot of years. That wasn't Sharon Osborne. As far as Sharon demanding 50%, that is true. Why I only agreed to it was probably because he just wanted to put the name to rest of my guess, you know, but I don't know, you know. So, but my point is about that is that, you know, I only is a leader, but he doesn't have to tell you're a leader. Now, again, I haven't brought him up on this show. What a miracle, but I'll do it now. Alice Cooper. Yeah, he's a solo <laughs> artist, but he's also a leader, but he doesn't go around acting like a leader, even though you know he's the boss, you know? So there's other ways to run a band. Anyway, well, and there you go. Greg can answer a good objective perspective on this. Greg, they, they posed the, James posed the question to me, with Steve Harris being at the helm of Maiden, um, do do I, th- James? I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question exactly? Because I don't want to misquote you. So no, no, you're fine. 
would you believe that uh, Iron Maiden would be would be better with these albums if Steve Harris had the emotional intelligence to take constructive criticism better? Yes. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks, for the, thanks for the explanation there, Greg. He really did truly need uh, more input. And actually, you guys were talking about Bruce when I first popped on. And there's a perfect example right there. You know, Adrian and Nico had gone off and they jammed some of those songs and kind of started to get a feel for the album and the sense and shit doing the entire population of Hackney thing, which is how a lot of the base ideas for Somewhere in Time came about. Steve really liked it, thought it was moving forward. Bruce wanted to do like acoustic shit, like their physical graffiti he thought it should be and they all were like no 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 way you're completely so using that example you know someone should have been able to tell steve that with both the x factor and virtual 11 but definitely virtual 11 um even though nico and dave had been around forever you know i think they just accept the dynamic where he's the boss and honestly once in a while he needs to be challenged i mean his his vision and everything and a large part of his songwriting skills really took them through the first five or six records and put them on top of the world. But he, uh, starting with No Prayer for the Dying, he really started to take more iron haha, control, if you will, over the band, it seems like. And I really think it hurt them throughout the 90s. And when Bruce comes back along with Adrian on Brave New World, it was more of a committee, so to speak, again. And it helps volumes with the songwriting. And here's my, uh, and Lou answered, I think, Wayne, but your take. And this is the first album not including Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. And what was the other long song that I can't remember now that they wrote? Prior Alexander to the Great. Thank you. I couldn't remember. But do you, uh, in my opinion, this is where Bruce, uh, Steve Harris is definitely trying to incorporate his prog influences into the songwriting. And right, and he hasn't quite that got the hang of it because the songs are just long. They're not really a lot of signature time changes and whatever that you would hear on the latter albums, which James will totally hate. But oh, you know, I love Tool and I love time changes. Do not. Do no, not no, no, no. Talking about time changes, I'm talking about Iron Man specifically. You're not going to probably like those long songs. Oh, yeah. So, but I don't know. Do you think I'm right that this is where Steve Harris started to try to try to flex his prog rock muscles influence on the songwriting? I think he started to do it on the previous record. I agree with that. More of a hold here. And again, he needed someone to say, hey, Steve shut the fuck up and let's change this riff up a little bit because it's just that constant, monotonous, same fucking bass riff in uh, The Angel and the Gambler. 22 <laughs> times. I counted. Dude, you, you could cut four and a half 21 times. Song. They did. There's a promo video, Greg, where it's like four and a half minutes. It's like still you, not a good song. <laughs> It's, oh, I'm not saying it's a great it's, song. It's it's catchy, but it's better at four and a half minutes and nine minutes. So, oh yeah, yeah. Wayne, what's your opinion about what? I'm zoned out. 
What are we talking about? No, it, it well, you know, emotional intelligence meets <laughs> physical intelligence. I mean, do, do you agree with the immovable force is an unstoppable not... object? Do you do you agree with us that you know Steve Harris could afford to have some constructive criticism and take some emotional intelligence when it comes to the length and output of Iron Maiden? Yes. So uh, hit subscribe to Rats Out Review, ratsoutreview.com, and we'll see you next week. Wait, but we didn't give our numbers. Oh, who cares? <laughs> well, um, we started talking All about right, Black Ted Sabbath. Turner. Black Sabbath rules. Bored the shit out of me. After people, oh, we well, had actually, 20 people in this wait, chat wait, wait, wait. and they're all gone. Wait, wait. <laughs> but, but before I forget forget again, um, we're talking about Sabbath with the success and all that. Um, all right, I'm going to go back. Interesting, interesting fact their highest charting album ever in the UK charts was actually Born Again. There you go. Very interesting. Uh, let me go in the chat room. I haven't said anything in there. Andrew Peters is listening. He said, uh, in either case, both of these albums are kind of low points for both bands. Can't wait till next review with much better albums. Meaning, Agreed. He's right. He's right. Yeah, that'll be a lot. Of he fun. also says, Iron Maiden writes stadium anthems for a world audience, not just an American audience that wants singles. That is a good point. That's an excellent well, point. Yes, and it, it is a good point, but you know, I, I admit I lo- love it when they did the more progressive shit in the longer songs before. He just doesn't have enough help, especially with the melodies. It just doesn't this. need to be more than like two songs that are really long, you know. That they don't stop repeating lyrics when he gets bored. That too, but well, Leo says Bruce. Harris knows he needs Bruce to make it theatrical or you get virtual 11 <laughs> there you got it i have a hard that time gets it. i have a hard time disagreeing with that so yeah i i really can't blaze is very faceless on this one yeah, um but-, but what i was going to say was <clears throat> not even so much bruce because honestly i think if blaze had the freedom to free himself up a little bit he could have done this a lot better but especially with Adrian back and just them working together, the Klansman live since he's been back is fucking awesome. I mean, it's a good song on the album, but everything on this, sorry to say it, is slightly mediocre. By the way, it's slightly mediocre. Right? It fucking sucks. You know, no, dude, I really like I really like the Klansman and Future Real. Those are yeah, those, those are the two. Really okay, outside yeah, those, those two songs. Good. Outside those two songs. S- say is though both uh tim owens and blaze get the blame for these albums and i think they get it unfairly they didn't have any creative control blaze got a little bit of creative control well no he got no creative control a little bit of say but not by much and i think both men get a lot of blame that is undeserved yeah, it's not, no it's not, not on it's not and i will also say that is including the two live albums in it demolition is actually i think ripper's best vocal performance while he was in judas priest which is unfortunate because i mean the thing's banned by the constitution man there's no cruel and unusual punishment no no that's listening to angel and the gambler (laughs) angel and the gambler lost and found machine man actually Uh, i'm gonna go out and flat out say it i think ripper's best performance was the 98 live meltdown and that well, album came out the same year as Virtual Eleven. I th- I think he's got more heart in his voice on it. Although I haven't listened to Ninety Eight Live Meltdown in a long time, you might be right. But at least from Jugulator, it's a huge improvement. 
I've seen uh, Tim Owens uh, when he was in Bay Malenstein. I've heard, I've got the two live albums Judas Priest did. One of them was recorded for DVD live in London. As a live performer, he's he's phenomenal. It, uh, um, Blaze actually is a live performer with Iron Bane's pretty good. He struggles with the Bruce Dickinson songs, but he's pretty good. Um, unfortunately, that didn't translate to these studio albums. And I think the, the shame is that both bands should have given their singer a little bit more say and that probably would have made better albums that's my take well i know one album that's going to be better than both albums and that's the debut release from severed angel you stop with that uh andrew i'm gonna show for us andrew peter says he thinks kevin shirley is in cahoots with stephen harris for making long songs he's right he's right (laughs) he's right oh greg oh greg he's okay folks all right. well, he he fainted with that that uh, that statement. Okay, <laughs> numbers, numbers, numbers. Right, numbers. What's everyone's uh, on. I got to get everybody. Bring it home. Uh, take it home. Take it home. Uh, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I got my mind. All right, uh, Lou. Uh, for uh, what, what, for uh, demolition? demolition. Demolition. Three. Wow. Uh, James. Five. Uh, Manny. One. <laughs> Greg. Zero. Zero. Wow. Uh, and I'm gonna. Go I have to... never. Oh, sorry. What? Go ahead. I have never been so pissed off and frustrated with a release by a band I love more than with Demolition. <laughs> I really, Cold agree. Lake was an improvement. <laughs> I actually have to agree. Cold Lake you. was an improvement. However, Cold Lake, even though. Yes, I agree. I agree with Tom that it's the worst he could have ever done at the time, and it it really isn't a good record overall. Even though there are some cool riffs and shit to it, but anyway, I can give more respect and understand more. He was getting married around that time and all that, and kind of where his head was, and he wasn't really in it as far as Celtic Frost goes all the time, he gave up a little bit too much control, but he was kind of in that, you know, happy little honeymoon type phase and went along with what they were doing. Was it the right thing to do? No, but at least he believed in it. Now you have a band that's been around for a long time. We're very disappointed by the sales of the previous album and some of the light criticism they got took a newer style that had just come out elements of shit from their past tried to throw it together to make everybody happy and wrote the most awful set of songs they could have ever done. I mean, this makes fucking Turbo look like a Grammy winner. <laughs> Their shit go together um, and some of it just falls apart. What do you give it, Wayne? I give it a... Uh, what did I give it? A five. What? Okay. Yeah, Drunk? Five. No, I, I did like it. some of the songs. I, like I, I mentioned, you weren't here when I was talking about it. That's I'm glad I would have vomited. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but I kind of felt the same way James did. I, I didn't mind it too much. Uh, virtual eleven, Lou. Um, I'll give it um a six. James, one. Uh, Manny, six. Greg, I give it a two for the two songs I like, but this album is a train wreck. Actually, wait, what did I give No Prayer for the Dying a three? Yeah, I got to give it a three because that's their worst and this is even with it. <laughs> All right. And uh, I'm actually going to give it an eight because I actually do like this album. So. You're fucking deaf. No. 
I just like oh, good I like albums. It too, but I don't love it. No but uh, thankfully, this album did win. Uh, Virtual Eleven. Shouldn't have. It shouldn't have. It should have fucking. It should never be played again. It should be locked with the Ark Covenant. You know, it won. It should it's be locked like, with top men. Top the reason it, men. The reason it won is because you had a choice between a kick in the balls or setting your hair <laughs> on fire. That's, that's <laughs> no, it was a, it was a thing about getting stabbed and getting kicked in the balls. Which one do you want to do? Yeah, exactly. Set fire to your face and have the fire department put it out with an axe. Yeah, I mean, it's Greg. Yeah. Greg, I, I'll be real honest with you. I hated this week. You better. Be... <laughs> it's only going to get worse. I'm afraid. All right, well, no, maybe... the next two are much better. Brave New World's actually oh, yeah. one of my favorite Maiden albums. Yeah. Um, but uh, Angel Retribution isn't bad. It has its flaws, but um, they're writing honestly again. One thing I will say, though, speaking of that Live in London album and DVD, there are a couple of songs on here like Hell is Home and is it Metal Machine or Machine Man? It's Machine Man. Machine Man. Metal Messiah is the other one. That that they, what's that, Lou? Metal Metal Messiah Messiah. is the other one, the one where Tim Ripper raps. (laughs) Yeah. Tim Ripper Owens. That's not the one I'm talking (laughs) about. Tim Ripper Owens. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that was more limp than a bit whiskey. But, um, anyway, go ahead. Um, they did them better in a live setting. You know, I think out of this patchwork, let's try to make a hit studio environment where they were able to rehearse the stuff for a tour. Um, they made it sound like them a little bit better. Yeah, and um, so some of the songs can be good, but in the context of the record. They just totally lost the plot here. Well, Maiden is still winning. Uh, I don't know if Judas Priest is going to end up winning or you know getting close by the time we finish this. Uh, they might, because I love Judas Priest more than Iron Maiden. Yeah, You're know. saying that, but you keep voting in the other band there, yeah. there, Manny. No, well, I voted I Judas Priest most of the time. I just couldn't do it this time. You and... can give honest criticism for a band you love and not have them win. I mean, yeah, that, that's yeah. a personal opinion, but we're talking facts here. Yeah, this is all yeah, the facts. facts that, that, that Iron Maiden now <laughs> fucking suck. Shut the, the fuck up, Donnie. That... You're out of your element. Shut the, this is this is this isn't nom, Greg. There are rules. This is what you get. This is what you get when you fucking mark it zero. The, the fact is, James, that when we get to Alice Cooper, you're going to be a bigger fan of him and the band than you were before. That is a fact. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Lou, you got anything going on? Your podcast? I'm finally wrapping up part two of my interview with Mike Brandvold. So uh, that'll be out soon. Now that the recording for Severed Angel is over, yes, I'm going to keep plugging that band. Um, algorithm, 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 algorithm. Um, Actually, 22. we just released a, a video last friday yes we did greg actually likes a ghost song i don't know if did greg watch it oh he's on mute greg did did, greg did say he watched it he said it was better than a ghost song interesting because it wasn't yeah yeah, you should put a link in discussion thank you greg appreciate that i mean i i actually can't listen to the ghost version anymore i can only listen to ours (laughs) it's much better Uh, especially that uh the guitar parts that alex was talking about that was really cool man um my people but, thank you <laughs> don't let it go to your head but yeah, Too late. large enough uh, you can either go to the actually uh... made me like a ghost song wow i'm not sure if i should shake his hand or <laughs> break <laughs> <Wayne's> <laughs> <stairs> over. 
<laughs> I think I think we just gave it the, the the right, you know, what it needed. It gave it the, the the chef's kiss. We we just we just try to improve it. Yeah, um, but yes, yeah, so our the... first music. Vi- All right, go ahead. Our first music video for our cover of Square Hammer, uh, the ghost song, is out on the official Severed Angel YouTube page. It's also on the Ratsa Review YouTube page. Um, you know, like, subscribe. You know, we we appreciate the support. Album. We don't know when it will be out, but we do know that it's done, and the artwork looks great. Yeah, sure. Uh, show. No, we can't show the artwork. <laughs> I'm not showing okay. nothing. You guys get nothing. You wait, and you um, like it. But, nothing uh, also, is like it. But also, uh, again, the 1,000 subscriber <sighs> to Radsaw Review gets this autographed copy of me oh, and Wayne and. Our cover of the uh, Def Leppard song on Through the Night, which is now on this beautiful CD. So, you know, you know, you know Manny's, Manny's uh, Alice Cooper tribute uh, album with a karaoke machine will get distributed faster before you get than, than that one was. The significance of that statement, Greg, is because um, Jim Crean, the guy who was supposed to be Vinnie Vincent's singer when he did his Nashville show, he's got two songs on this. And when I listen to the songs, I'm like, wait a minute. He's singing over karaoke versions of like the original Def Leppard tracks. I thought that was ridiculous. Great. No way. That's great. I don't have to hire a band. You guys are. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gold, Jerry. It's gold. Yeah. Imagine me having to put up with a drummer like Wayne. Now, all I have oh. to do is just, you know, karaoke. Oh, shit. This is a drum machine. It oh. sounds just like oh. Wayne anyway. And our bassist George is watching <laughs> now, too. He's yes, on George the chat. Here. Uh, Wayne is the Beverly Hills cop, two of drummers. <laughs> which which has been naked called gun 33 the, the world's third. most okayest movie. So, <laughs> and, and uh, good other news for Outside Review uh, Lisa Mann will be making her return. To, yes, uh, the crow the will be back. Her yep, new um, her, her new band, Splintered Throne, right? Boy, yes. why don't you just take over the show? What's that? Just take over the show. It'd I'm be sorry, much better that I was way. getting to that. Okay, but go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I'm done. I'm done. No, no, I'm done. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, yes. Uh, what month are we in? September, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah September twenty eighth. Yeah, we're in November. September because October is, 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 is. I know when October is going down. Yeah, so September 28th, uh, Lisa Mann and her band Splinter, Splintered Throne will be on the show, be on this episode. We won't be doing Iron Maiden that week. And actually, maybe next week we might not be doing Iron Maiden either, because I think maybe, I'm not sure yet, but um, Troy, well, KK Fosser from the band Them might be joining us. If not, then we'll be doing a Maiden show, but stay tuned. You should join us anyway, even if you don't know who Them is, uh, watch it anyway, because Troy is a very cool guy, and Them is a very For fans awesome of Cold Steel. Fans Since of Cold Steel, yeah. People out there love retro thrash so much. It's the same, Mr. Troy Noir. And that's, that's right. That is right. Um, Funny story about Troy. Know. Funny story about Troy. When I went uh-huh. to the uh, Holy Mother show at Stereo Garden in Patchogue last year, Troy comes up to me as I'm helping out Holy Mother with their merchandise. And he goes, you're the guy who replaced me. I'm like, who the hell are you? And I didn't realize it was Troy Noir. <laughs> So you know, you know what we're, we're doing we're doing good here because you know with the death of the of the queen of england last night it's great that we during we're doing an irish goodbye yeah they should uh they should give her a viking funeral give a whole new meaning to look at that flaming queen <laughs> <laughs> oh boy well i also have some uh really cool <laughs> interviews coming up <laughs> 
Wayne, what do you got? Plug. I got some interviews. Uh, Armageddon will be this Friday. Uh, another band called uh, Vante. I just did an interview with their vocalist. Uh, that will be in a few weeks. Uh, another band I'm doing after this show, um, Anubis. I'm doing. There'll be a few weeks. Oh, good. The, and we the, have the, God uh, of the, the Egyptian God of Death. Yes, I think they'll be on. Uh, 69mega.com. Stop watching the stream. Find love. It's in the. Uh, oh, uh, I believe that that might be porn. It might be good porn. advice. Uh, yeah, don't don't click any links. And then tomorrow morning, I'm doing and an interview. No Unitarians get out of the chat. No, no, <laughs> doing an interview tomorrow morning with tomorrow Wayne. morning with PV Wagner from the band Rage. Oh, cool. So that'll be a lot of fun. Actually, I've been trying to get him on this show for like the past two years. The first time my son was sick and I had to oh, try yeah, to. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And I tried to uh, schedule that uh, uh, that interview a few times and it never got to happen. Never happened. So tomorrow's the day. Finally, uh, James, what's going on in your podcast? So the know how to podcast. We're actually going to be starting to do a, a morning college football uh, preview of that week's action. Now we've got a lot of fun games this weekend. Uh, but also going to be talking about last week with uh, three fun belt or AKA the Sunbelt conference, lower level schools, beating uh, the big power five schools. So we'll be talking about that. And also Nebraska firing their coach and maybe bringing in urban Meyer from Florida. Sounds very exciting. Uh, and Manny, how about your friends? Uh, any podcasting going on? Uh, it's your uh, chin up tits out. Fourth episode comes. I Are they fourth, fifth? I don't know, but I think it's the fourth or fifth episode comes out the beginning of next week. Again, female centric, but worth listening to. Um, very funny. And uh, these ladies are great together. So I hope that you, you guys give it a listen. Know your enemies. <laughs> Go listen Crush to those. See them driven before you <laughs> and love the lamentations of their women. Yes. All right. Go listen to those podcasts. Hit subscribe to every single one of them, even ours, and we will see you guys next week. Tulu. Demone. Yeah, hit the friggin' button. Hit the button, god damn it. God damn it. Huh? Oh, I yeah. got the button. Yeah, do your job, Wayne. Sorry. Damn it, Beavis. <laughs> He's about as active as he was as a drummer. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, look no further than the Ratsaw Review Network. Ratsaw Review is taking over the podcast world with plenty of shows to choose from within their network of entertaining programming, including the flagship show, Ratsaw Review, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and Lou Mavs, as well as occasional co-hosts Manny Mejias and James Lilquist. We also have the official Ratsaw Review spin-off, such as Album vs. Album, Screams from the Grave, where we discuss beloved yet forgotten hard rock and metal albums of the past, and a King Diamond podcast called This Broadcast Belongs to Them. We've also got Old Man Metal's Musings, the Metal Thrashing Nerd podcast with Metal Thrashing Mike, the Timo Toki podcast featuring Stradivarius and Avalon founding member Timo Toki, the BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry, Just the Cheese Please, a podcast dedicated to cheesy films of the 1980s with Tara J and Adam, and the Music is Live podcast with Lou Mavs. The Ratsaw Review Network is your go-to one-stop shop for the best podcasts out there today. Go to RatsawReview.com for more info. And to find out where you can find, follow, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all streaming platforms. The Ratsaw Review Network. 
We're taking over.